I think that is what it is uh, about uh, within Siemens to not only have technology for the sake of technology, but uh, doing it for a purpose which might be environmental, social development, but of course also creating value for, uh, for our customers. Welcome to a brand new episode of our podcast, Human and AI, Mind Machines and the Gradient Ascent. Thanks that you tuned in again to listen and geek out with us over the fascinating field of AI and the role of humans. Today, we're super delighted to welcome Dr. Markus Lade, the general manager for the global water and wastewater business. Markus is an engaged sales professional and passionate global leader for project consulting and service business in the area of automation and digitalization for the process industries. But I guess that's enough of an introduction, so let's dive directly into it. Marcus, welcome to Human and AI, and thanks so much for taking some time today to join our podcast show. How are you, and where do we catch you today? Yeah, Avery and Uli, thank you very much for the invitation. Um, it's an honor and a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> um, I hope we will have a very nice conversation. I mean, the, the topic water is very interesting and and also in the focus topic within Siemens. So I think we will have a very nice discussion here. In fact, I'm still working out of my home office in Erlangen. I haven't seen my real office in Nuremberg in the uh, last one and a half years for more than five times. So um, Corona and pandemic and, and shutdown uh, really causes some changes here. But um, I think we have arranged with new normal and that also has some advantages, of course. Yeah. But uh, Marcus, you, you are two decades at Siemens. You know, that, that, is, that is what a Siemens family is all about. Super impressive, right? So uh, what's, what's your stake? Why did you join Team Siemens for such a long time? And how, how did, you know, big corp, corporates can be crazy, right? Any, any twists, any things that, you, you know, this corporation has shaped you? Yeah, I mean, indeed, 20 years sounds like a long time. But as you say, the advantage of a corporation like Siemens is that you get a lot of different opportunities and challenges mm. in many different functions, in different organizations and even different locations. So after I started my, um, uh, sorry, after I finished my PhD in chemical engineering at the Technical University, I joined Siemens in 2000. And my first job was more related to my training as chemical engineer. I was supporting our chemical process safety department in the industry side of Frankfurt Hoechst uh, in, the, in the chemical uh, area. And I did this for seven years. And then I had a complete change in my um, function. And I moved to business development. I joined the team for the business development in the chemical industry. I did this for roughly three and a half years. Um, Then I was sent to Singapore on delegation to, to do our project business there for the whole process industries. We did uh, build large chemical plants, pharma plants, uh, food and beverage, and also at that time already water and wastewater. And I, after I came back, then uh, I moved here um, uh, to Erlangen or to Nuremberg, and uh, I'm heading up the, the water industry business now for almost seven years. 
And uh, I think what, what was driving my um, personal development was always the strong interest in technologies and research and development. Mm. And uh, we were always dealing with global projects, global customers. And um, of course, also the multicultural exchange um, that is uh, very important. But at the end of the day, it is very, very important. We have always been able to serve our customers to cre create value for their commercial operations. And, and I think that is what it is uh, about uh, within Siemens to not only have technology, um, you know, doing for, for the sake of technology, but uh, doing it for a purpose, which might be environmental, social development, but of course, also creating value for uh, for our customers. Yeah, the purpose, the purpose aspects, right? They are at the moment, I guess, at the very hype. It is on a very hype. And I think we address this very well in the in the water industry. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, you know, you have to see water as the most important resource for life. NASA is sending uh, satellites to, to Mars to find life. And basically, how do, are they doing? They are looking for water. Okay. The situation in, in water is probably in, 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 uh, on the Earth. It's a little bit better. We have a little bit more water. But of course, most of it is, it is seawater. So it's not potable water. That's the first challenge. Mm -hmm. And then there are a couple of others, uh, which we, which we can also talk about. Um, But at the end of the day, uh, water is very important for the development of societies, for the development of economies. And of course, also it has a, a, a very, let's say, strong um, sustainability, sustainability impact as well. And Marcus, when it comes to water, uh, you are the number one contact, not only within Siemens, but also beyond. You participate in lots of conferences. Um, you a part of many uh, presentations within Siemens and beyond. Um, but where does this, this passion for working in the field of water actually come from? Can you share a little bit on that? Yeah, indeed. I mean, water is one of the focus industries within Siemens. And I mean, water is a bit special. When you compare it to pharma or chemical automotive, you have these large um, companies, these large end customers, And uh, we have a very special setup, of course, for those markets and industries as well. But in the water industry, you have a global market. Basically, every city has its water municipality. And um, this is a very special setup that also we try as Siemens to address in the market. So from the commercial side, it is very special. Uh, you have uh, public utilities, you're dealing with public companies, you have public tenders. That's one of the challenges. Mm. And then, of course, to really get into the broad market, that is uh, that is interesting and, and very challenging. So we, we try to be really a trusted advisor to our customers on a broad base. We support the industry on uh, in the techno technological field. We provide standardization and... Um, Yeah, we are trying to drive technology. And one of the things that is coming up, of course, now, as in many other industries as well, is the whole game changer of digitalization. This will drive innovations, especially in the water industry for resource efficient operation and maintenance in the future years very much. 
And of course, it is very interesting and also satisfying to be part of such uh, innovations and the development that is happening. And Siemens, for example, with its MindSphere, but also with our Siva Siemens Water digital applications is a key player in that area. And we think that uh, we have a unique offer to our end customers in the sense of an end-to-end -end solution. Uh, Siemens traditionally is very strong in censoring, communication, mm -hmm. automation technology, and all of those data we now are able to take and put on top um, additional assessments, additional algorithms to really get um, information out of the data in the best sense of, of digitalization. Yeah, c connecting the physical and the virtual world, right? That's that's somehow obviously some passion uh, of Siemens and of us, right? But if if you look then on you know on on the interfaces between the physical worlds and the digitalization and on the customer side, what do you perceive actually as the greatest challenges that you have in the water industry? Yeah, I mean, I can just name a few here. One, of course, are the environmental sustainability challenges. And uh, the water industry is addressing this from two different angles. One is, of course, the water industry is a heavy consumer of energy. We um, assume from the studies that we see that roughly 4% of the global CO2 footprint goes to the uh, water industry. Of course, it's, it's one of our aims to reduce that um, CO2 footprint. On the other hand, the water industry, of course, is also affected by the um, effects or uh, by the consequences of um, the climate change. So on the one hand side, we have a higher demand for water. On the other hand side, of course, we have droughts and, and reduced rainfalls on the one hand side. On the other hand side, we have uh, partially stronger heavy rainfalls which of course also causes problems for the um, for the sewage systems or for the for the rainwater drainage systems mm -hmm. and then of course also one of the challenges in the water industry is urbanization so the concentration of people is is getting higher and higher and to serve those people with water and to uh, have a proper wastewater disposal of course is really a challenge yeah then the whole the whole um uh Water scarcity, of course, rises the need for additional seawater desalination plants. And of course, um, with the additional energy consumption that comes with it, um, we have to see on where we get green energy for those plants and, and how to in increase the operational uh, efficiency of, of those plants. And one of the things, I mean, that is very obvious, Uh, we produce the water, um, seawater sea desalination plants that is usually reverse osmosis by, by membrane technology, but this is a highly energy intensive process. Mm -hmm. uh, once this water is produced, it, it has to be pumped, distributed, the, pump, the pumps are consuming energy. And then the pity is, depending on which region in the world you are, 15 to even 50% of the water is lost by leaking pipelines. Yeah, mm. And of course, this is not only loss of the water resource itself, but also the loss of the energy that is inside of this water. So with this regard, also, of course, the reduction of leakages and pipe bursts is also one of the big challenges in the water industry today. 50%, that's super crazy. Up to 50%, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, not only this aspect, but many others that you just mentioned while describing the greatest challenges all touch upon the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals that were defined by the United Nations. And the sixth SDG is clean water and sanitation. And it addresses very severe challenges that we face in the field of water. And according to the United Nations, uh, worldwide, one in three people do not have access to safe drinking water. Two out of five people do not have a basic hand-washing facility with soap and water, and more than 670 million people still practice open defecation. The effects of climate change, like heavy droughts that you also just mentioned, and severe flooding, um, and an increasing world population, uh, make these, these statistics even uh, more severe and We really need to start acting. And how is Siemens positioned to combat water challenges and how do we create technology with purpose in this regard? Yeah, I mean, I think these really global big challenges show that, I mean, a company like Siemens or also the water utilities itself, um, of course, will have problems to fight this um, in a separate way. I, th I think the, the future will be in uh, open ecosystems where uh, you know people ideas uh, also technology is brought together and uh, you know fight uh, fight these challenges in a combined way um, i have mentioned some of these challenges and of course we have some um, some solutions for for those uh, very obviously in in the area of automation, digitalization, electrification. So we provide transparency. Um, we make water management more transparency and more efficiency in, in order to um, save resources, to make resources more available and to make the, yeah, to make better use of the, of the available um, resources. Of course, one of the things that also comes into play is And we contribute to um, increase the quality and also sustainability of the water resources, um, which is, I think, a, a key that is addressed here um, by the UN goals. And um, coming together of technology, resources, um, utilities, I think that will be the key challenge for cities and countries to, to, to combat those challenges and achieve their individual sustainability goals. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, it's the combination of a, of a lot of factors. Um, what we see, and this is in the moment for me, the most severe challenge, technology is available. Um, the, the need is defined. But there is still a gap between applying this technology to solve the problems and, um, you know, the, uh, the advancement of this technology. So technology is available, but uh, we have to start using it. We have to start come together, utilize those um, technologies uh, for a better world. Ja, 
Now let's talk about one of the, you know, key technologies we see at least, right? About AI, artificial intelligence, right? If you, I don't know, you, you, are you following a bit of the progress, you know, outside maybe also the company that, you know, some, some kind of breakthroughs that you could, or, you know, got you impressed or you say like, oh, that's pretty dope. Is there anything that you follow up um, um, outside in the world? Yeah, the, the funny thing is, I mean, I'm not really an expert in artificial intelligence. Yeah, so it's probably a bit weird in this in this AI podcast. Yeah, uh, but I mean, my my personal opinion is that artificial intelligence, of course, will play a very important role in the future. Um, I think the uh, the applications of artificial intelligence are by far not not really defined. Um, there are a lot of ideas are coming up, but but the thing is, what what we see is in the in the consumer world, but I think also in the industrial world, artificial intelligence together with di um, digitalization will really be a key game changer. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I mean when we when we look into the achievements that are already there in the in the consumer world, when you see the algorithms that Google or, for example, Amazon use or in the logistics um, environment. Mm -hmm. My personal, be personal belief is that in the industrial area, there is still a lot of room um, for improvement and for applications of artificial intelligence. Um, And especially also in the water industry where you have very distributed systems, you collect data basically from everywhere in a city. There is such a huge data pool available um, that can be basically assessed by both, I mean, uh, model-based solutions as well as, as uh, artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. um, that uh, there is a huge potential. And at the end of the day, I would personally believe that at the end of the day, we will have hybrid systems between model-based solutions combined with artificial intelligence. Um, both technologies have their strengths and mm. uh, in the combination, I think that will be very strong. And um, I think very good examples here are systems for leak detection, where we really assess a big number of data and see where is the water going and where are deviations from what we expect, both from um, hydrodynamic modeling as well as from artificial intelligence. Um, you have basically consumption patterns during nighttime, during daytime, and if you see deviations, you can easily um, see, and this goes up to comparably little amounts of water of leakages yeah you can you can detect those leakages in some cases you can also make a kind of location um forecasting or location pinning on on where to look for those leakages another um, very obvious example is demand forecasting i mean it is in 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 every industry in every consumption it is very important to know what is the um water demand from industry but then also from the households and um, this depends on weather forecasts this depends on um, the time of the day this the differs from weekday to weekend um, probably now during the the soccer uh, European championships there are there are peak peaked seasons which which you can also um, forecast. And with this regard, I think there are a lot, a lot of applications that can um, can be applied for um, artificial intelligence technologies. 
Yeah, that seems to be that, you know, AI machine learning methodology, even so model-based approaches, right, uh, are super valid, but already applied actually in, 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 in the water vertical, right? Um, yeah, we already do a couple of things. Um, one of the really good achievements we have recently done with a customer in, in Sweden, uh, VA Süd, um, they are applying our um, leak detection uh, software and this is going down uh, to a precision or up to a precision of half a liter per second. So that is that is quite already a, a quite low number. Yeah. And they, they are reducing what we call the non-revenue water, basically the leakages. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They can reduce it. Uh, up to by up to um, 10 percent, which is already a great achievement. And um, I mean, in in um, in Europe, of course, the leakage rates rates are not that big, um, but still, of course, the water is not that cheap. Also in in uh, Europe, and the other thing that you have to see, and this is often forgotten, you you have the challenge of secondary damages. If you have a highly um, you know, condensed city with a lot of buildings and infrastructure. Of course, these leakages can create caves in the ground, yeah, and then the st stability of buildings or streets or bridges and so on can mm. be affected. And this is this is why um, the cities try to avoid these um, leakages as good as they can. And our technology here, and we have this uh, a very nice example. Um, can can support to to detect these leakages and then of course to 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 go for a repair. Yeah, awesome. That's pretty dope. I, I remember also uh, last year we had a joint hackathon actually with with a partner of you, uh, Grundfos, um, on the sustainability challenge for water, and um, it was so easy to to get folks and and geeks um, participating on that on these challenges uh, they use then in the end a bit of a federated learning and identifying bacteria in, in water um, so super nice and seems to be you know um, especially the younger folks right uh, you know are super super happy to to tackle these challenges and apply then late, latest greatest technology but one of the aspects is, is obviously then data right and I, I guess uh, if, if you talk them to, to, to the geeks, to the data science guys, and it's like, hey, what what kind of data do we have? Actually, can what kind of you know data assets can be leveraged? And, and you picked it already a bit uh, prior up and said like, hey, there's there's, there's a, a explosion actually of of, of data there, SCADA systems, maybe even weather reports, right, or social media, maybe, right? Can you elaborate a bit on you know what what can one you know uh, geeky or data scientists expect what kind of typical data do we have in the water business? Yeah, I mean to answer this question, I think I need an extension of of one hour and That's then to, one. <laughs> to, to, elaborate, to elaborate on the challenges that arise from the answer another five hours. Yeah, right, I will yes. try. I will try to summarize this a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the in the water industry, the data sources are much more broad than in um, in any other industry. Probably, yeah. If you if you compare this to a to a car company, automotive industry, or to a chemical company, I mean they have their plants, and um, all these data are or most of the data are basically inside of them, and it is probably an area of uh, 200 times 200 meter. 
when you look into the water industry, you first of all have much more data. It's it's much more distributed in the landscape. Yeah, uh, such a utility is probably serving 200 times 200 kilometers. Uh, so you have to 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 bring the data into into a central um, yeah, data storage. And then you have much more data. And at the end of the day, very obviously, I mean, you get an invoice for your for your water consumption. So the water meter reading, all of those data, uh, is 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 much more than probably in any in any other industry. Then the problem is all of those data are of course in their own data silos. A SCADA system, which is for operation of of the actual plant and the distribution of the water does not usually have a connection, for example, to the invoicing system. Mm. And then it even gets more complex for the whole infrastructure topic. When you look into the asset data, yeah, of course, of course, that's a huge amount of data. Where are your pipes going? Where are the valves? Where are the pumps? Yeah. Mm. But all of this has an interaction, of course, with the um, power utility or with the traffic management. Yeah. Mm. And to bring all of those data together is really a big challenge. And, and what we are trying to do, um, and this is, I think also, you know, you probably know this Gaia X discussion, uh, data sure. governance to, to bring all of those data together, which data are trustworthy, which data can be made available to others. Yeah. This is one of the discussion. The yeah. other thing is we are also looking into, the whole topic of ontologies, knowledge graphs, yeah. So mm -hmm. um, if you store a data point and it says 42, yeah, it's totally unclear. Is there's a temperature? If it's a temperature, if it's an if it's is it's an inside temperature or a cooling temperature mm -hmm. or a heating temperature, and so on and so on. So the the meaning of data, the ontology of data, is the basic feature, and then using knowledge graph technology to bring meaning of data from different um, different data silos together, from different domains together, and then create really intelligent out of those data. And you, you are probably aware of, of Google using this technology or even Amazon using this technology. Yeah? If you're interested in this book, others uh, have been interested in other books. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to bring this the, these technologies into into the water industry and the infrastructure, smart city environment, this is one of the topics we are thinking about and and uh, trying to uh, to to go a, a good step forward here. Yeah. So there are a lot of data, uh, but there are also a lot of challenges on data, of course. All right. That means also the you know that the hype on semantic AI, what is called right, using you know a semantic representation such Absolutely. as uh, ontology and knowledge graphs, actually hit hit the water business. That's great to hear. I, I guess for the geeks out there, right, we say like, oh, nice. Um, yeah, we have some kind of representations and descriptions of uh, where the data rises. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean we're we're trying to work. Uh, as I mentioned already, I, I, I think that working in ecosystems is, is, is a big part of it to define those things, yeah. Um, Marcus, you just touched upon it um, because you, you demonstrated very vividly how um, great the challenges, especially with regards to the, the data are, and at the same time, solving challenges in the field of water um, is so pervasive, it can... Um, help so many people in the world. So um, 
might it be of advantage to join forces with other players in other markets, with the government, to find joint solutions? And how is your department actually dealing with this open innovation aspect, with cross-collaboration? Do you have um, some examples, maybe? Yeah, I mean, this is a very good question, yeah. Um, I mean, there are a lot of a lot of key players in the in the area here. One of the aspects is, of course, it's probably not such a you know competitive market on the on the operator side, yeah, as as you would probably have in in chemical or pharma industry. So there is a, a strong collaboration already on the operator side with a lot of. Um, collaboration, working groups, and also we as a supplier of technology, we try to uh, participate there and we try to, to work with, um, with those associations. German Water Partnership is one, one very good example, yeah, where really we discuss about the technology of the future. But then, of course, there are other um, other key players, for example, um, you might have seen the, the project that we have done with the Technical University um, of Berlin on the digital twin of a pumping station. And um, this is something that also uh, attracts um, our end customers, but then also academia, um, uh, where we try to work together. Of course, we also work with other um, uh, corporations. You You mentioned our our um, collaboration that we have done with Grundfos, but also on, on the supplier side of technology, um, you might have seen that we work with a company called Bund Planet. Um, they also bring in their artificial intelligence know-how and products for, for example, for leak detection, which is of course uh, something that is also interesting for us. Not necessarily we need to build all our technology and all our um, our know-how ourselves. This, of course, has a cost um, cost implication, but then also time to marketplace the role. And if there are existing solutions that are attractive, of course, we are trying to collaborate. And one then one of the things, and you have already mentioned this, um, we are of course also participating in in hackathons, uh, for example, mm. um, together with the AI lab. And um, with our corporate technology, um, the university relationship department, we are going for a sustainability challenge now, where we uh, soon will invite um, different third parties to, to work on a, spe a specific topic in the water industry. And the other thing is, I mean, you are probably aware that with a, with, with a little bit of delay through the pandemic, the expo in Dubai is starting now. Uh, I think in end of end of October and November, and one of the technology focus weeks they have. This will only happen then in March. Yeah, is is for the water industry, and the Siemens is also uh, planning to to do a hackathon for um, for this water cha water challenge for this water focus week. And um, of course, we will then only ha also ho hopefully have a very um, interesting topic and challenge to work on. So there is a huge, um, a huge number of, of collaborations and um, the the ecosystem that we work together with, and I, I think in such a complex world and also, 
I, I must say rapidly changing environment. I think that's that's a, a very good um, opportunity also for, for large players like Siemens to really be in the in the front of the development. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing. And uh, you're absolutely right. There was a great um, spectrum of different players that you're collaborating with. Um, maybe we can have a little deep dive to the Tech for Sustainability campaign that you also touched upon. It's starting end of um, July and you and your team uh, are part of, you've been um, the early uh, pioneers. Uh, what was your motivation to become uh, part of this campaign and what is the challenge that you are um, contributing to this um, Tech for Sustainability challenge and um, are there any hopes and aspirations for the outcome? Yeah, first of all, I mean, it sounds pr probably a little bit, little bit silly, but one of the motivations is I haven't done it before. I'm, I'm really curious to see on, on, on how the format works, um, on the collaboration. Of course, inside of Siemens is always very important also um, to increase the network, to get in contact with new um, colleagues internally, which which has already happened in the pre preparation, and I mean we have very professional teams working on those topics, um, where definitely we are not an expert, and it's it's very good to see on on what's going on there. The other thing of of course is um, we want to increase our ecosystem. We are basically opening up our ideas um, for third parties that probably would. For, for them, it would be probably difficult to then otherwise get really in touch with, with Siemens, such a comparably large player. Yeah. So we are inviting researchers, we are inviting postdocs, we are inviting even students, um, teams of students, we are inviting startup companies to really join this um, challenge. It has a comparably um, let's say narrow scope. Yeah, it is focusing on on some specific aspects, which still will shape the um, the future of the technology and and are an important aspect for for the let's say big uh, larger picture that we have in our Siva Siemens water portfolio. And um, with this regard, I'm I'm really optimistic to see. Uh, what's happening there and then also to see the um, outcome and uh, it, it will probably also happen that we will be able to combine technologies and bring teams together to work um, then uh, together on this challenge um, and uh, of course the the hope is that for this specific let's say challenge or problem that we have that we will find a solution or at least an idea on 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 how to go on there And um, I mean, these these whole digitalization topics are quite complex. Yeah, I mean, you're not you're not just going and 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 have a quick solution. It it um, comprises of a lot of different aspects, a lot of different details that have to be solved in order to make it happen in total. And um, for this one, it is it is one important step that we see where uh, such a hackathon and collaboration of teams might be a very good um, yeah, opportunity to find solutions.
Yeah, awesome. Geeks out there, right? I, I hope we can, you know, distribute the podcast prior to the sustainability hackathon. But if you re if you hear it right away, you know, we we potentially you know paste the links uh, how to participate, how to make an impact with machine learning on the on the water uh, business on the sustainability campaign directly available to you. Uh, pretty awesome. Dope uh, to see what comes out. And also, I'm um, to see where, where where's the market going. Maybe in short, a couple, you know, two, one or two sentences, Marcus. How do you see the the, the next years in, in the water market? Right? What what uh, what are somehow the trends you see? And how do we how do we stay relevant and competitive in the market, or at least relevant? Um, any any direction you see where we're going? I mean, the the global market the global water market is mainly dominated by population growth mm. so we see a lot of population growth and basically concentration of people in smart or in, in larger cities hopefully hopefully future smart cities and um unfortunately this not always happens in areas where there is enough water available, be it groundwater or surface water. But when you see the, the areas of the world that are growing, for example, in the Gulf region, but also Singapore, for example, or California, these are typically areas where you can read in the daily press the problems they have with water. This mm -hmm. is the, uh, especially the production of fresh water. So what we see there is, um, really the need to produce potable water. And this is mainly reverse osmosis. In Singapore, we have also contributed in the re reuse of, uh, of sewage, of, of treated sewage um, to, to produce drinking water out of this. Um, then it's the irrigation. This is a, a problem also, of course, in, in the Gulf region, but then also in California. Um, to have enough water for, for irrigation, for parks, but then also, of course, for, um, for the agriculture. Um, this is one of the things. The other thing is sanitation, um, increasing middle classes, increasing wealth of the population, of course, rises the demand also for, for cleaning of uh, sewage and have, uh, Let's say a safe environment and not and not um, let's say dirty dirty rivers and so on and so on. So also there in this huge treatment we see a, a strong development, and then we see one of the one of the big developments we see the trend to smart cities, which is not only water but it's also water. This is probably something that people forget. Yeah, people, when you think about smart wall uh, smart cities, you probably think about traffic management, you probably think about smart grid, but mm. water is also a very important um, task here. I mentioned leak detection, but then also water management. I think these are the big trends. And I mean, we have been uh, active in the water industry as Siemens for the last 30 years. Um, we are very well positioned in many markets um, on, on desalination, on water distribution, um, treatment, sewage treatment. And I think we are position, positioning ourselves very well now on the digitalization market, um, both with our, let's say, broader um, uh, portfolio elements like MindSphere and Mendix, for example, but then also for the water-specific ones, 
leak detection, the ones that I mentioned, this our SIVA portfolio. So uh, with this regard, I'm quite optimistic that we will also stay the key player in the market in the future. So many challenges um, still ahead, but it won't get uh, boring. That's the most important thing. And we, at, uh, as Siemens, uh, we're always on track. Um, that's that's good to hear. And um, Marcus, we are already at the very last question. Um, this is a rather personal one because you've been for so many years um, at the company. Um, you've pushed many um bold initiatives and and now we want to know uh, what were the key lessons maybe two or three that you would like to share here with the audience um how can we make a difference in large corporations yeah i mean that's a philosophical question yeah i i, I think it's in many instances is quite simple i think the most important thing and that's not only for large corporations small corporations even in private life talk to each other Yeah, exchange your um, your ideas, exchange your um, experiences, and um, what what are the goals that you that you want to reach? And also, my personal um, experience is you can make a difference. Yeah, it's not you. You do not need to hide uh, between a large organization. If if there if you have a good idea. You, you, you will always find um, people that will work uh, on that topic and you will also find uh, management attention that can really change it. Yeah. So, so everybody can make a difference. Uh, I mean, also in Siemens, of course, we, we have a lot of um, methods to support this. Uh, but um, it's not it's not about large uh, corporations. It's about the people that drive it. Um, if you have a company of 20 people or 20,000 or Siemens 200,000, at the end of the day, each each of them counts and each of them can really make a difference. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, Marcus, thanks so much uh, for being uh, the guest on our podcast. It has been absolutely awesome, um, super inspiring, and I'm sure we could, could talk to you for more and more hours. Uh, maybe we'll get back to you for that. Uh, but before we finish this episode, we want to play uh, my favorite game. It's Authentic Autocomplete. So I will give you for the closing a couple of sentence starters and you will finish. Marcus, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> awesome. So Siemens is... A great company. If you want to change the world, join Siemens. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> well, that, that, goes... that was the most bolder thing I've heard. <laughs> yeah, that goes to all the talents out there. And uh, so second, water is the most important resource for life. And uh, as I mentioned, I mean Siemens is one of the key players in the industry, and we are really hoping to serve uh, society. Um, to make it a better world, uh, at least for this aspect of water. I agree. Um, technology with purpose is? One of the big goals of Siemens and especially also addresses the needs uh, in the water industry. Um, we are happy to be able to contribute here. Um, development of society, development of economies, but then also, of course, especially for sustainable development. Well put. Um, the COVID pandemic has taught me? Um, that we are as humans still weak and um, we will have to focus on resilience and 
a robust setup, not all, not only on technology, but then also, of course, on on societies. And I think we will also have to see the lessons learned from the pandemic and and try to also further develop our activities in sustainability, um, CO2 reduction and so on and so on. Yeah, I agree. And uh, the last one, it's quite a difficult one, but you will do a great job. Um, I, If I could invent a rule for everyone in the world to follow, it would be? I think that's a very easy answer. Don't make rules for everyone in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Marco, thanks so much, right? Uh, we've we've learned a lot actually in this episode. We've learned about, you know, um, the, the 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 aspects of uh, the and the the emergence of semantic AI and um, the role of model-based uh, technology for Siemens uh, water uh, businesses, but also um, the the amount of data actually being there, um, the the need for actually to move and and also great to, great to see that you know you you accessing and, and letting others access actually this challenge to make an uh, impact with the sustainability campaign and all the others initiatives so uh, great great hearing uh, thanks so much for your time here yeah and uh, also thank you very much from my side Avery and Uli I mean it, it was really a pleasure and I I really appreciate the questions and I think it was very a very good discussion here Uh, of course, I like the opportunity to present our water topic, and I hope, um, I mean, it was also interesting for, for your listeners. Thank you very much. Yeah, folks out there, stay bold, committed, and open-minded, and we hear us at the next Siemens AI podcast. Cheers. Cheers.